How do we create more sustainable people, businesses and a more sustainable world? At EarthSelf, we believe you need to create harmony between humanity and nature. Sustainable the Podcast brings you inspiring interviews with leaders who are taking action to help create harmony between humanity and nature. Join your host, Tabby Jane, founder of EarthSelf, to discover nature-connected ways of being and working and become inspired to take action. In episode 82, I spoke to Benoit Grendel, co-founder of Montagna Alternative, a unique nature-connected mountain retreat in Switzerland about business as a force for good and the power of nature. Today, I am speaking to Leah Haig. Leah Haig is a consultant with EarthSelf. Her area of expertise is evidence-based nature-connected programme development and evaluation. She's experienced of working in both the private and public sector and is currently studying for a PhD in organisational psychology with Griffiths University in Australia. Her research focuses on the impact of nature contact on well-being in the workplace. Lisa is also collaborating with us here at Elfself to develop the Nature Experiences Questionnaire, also known as the NEQ, as part of her PhD. The Nature Experiences Questionnaire is based on the hypothesis that nature connection is a state that can be increased to boost well-being. And this tool, once empirically validated, has potential future applications in the field of coaching and green prescriptions. Welcome, Leah. It's great to have you on Sustainable today. Great. Thanks for having me. So what drew you to focusing on nature and well-being in the workplace in the first place? Uh, well, I grew up near Byron Bay in Australia, which is uh, it's on the north coast. So it's kind of like the perfect mix between rainforest and beaches. And so I grew up on, on a property out in the rainforest and we just used to go out into nature and play for hours and hours. Like we'd, you know, ride the river rapids and stuff when it was flooding. And um, I guess coming from that background um, and then moving to the city for uni, I just, I realised once I moved how much I missed it and how much I craved it. Mm. Um, and I had to go back, you know, every couple of weekends just to get my nature fixed, so to speak. Um, yeah, so going out into nature for me is, it's like going home. It's feeling calm, it's feeling centred. And so what I wanted to do is, you know, because people spend so much of their lives at work, such a, a high portion of their lives at work, um, I really wanted to help bring those feelings into the workplace, those feelings of well-being. Mm, no, I can totally relate to that because I have a country background as well, you know, yeah. um, and have a very similar, similar, similar story to my own journey. So you, can you explain more about organisational psychology and how this is at the root of what you do? Yeah, definitely. So organisational psychology, um, some people call it industrial or occupational psychology. Um, so it's basically just applying all of the concepts of psychology um, to people in the workplace. So it's the science of um, organisational behaviour, if you like. Um, so it takes a systems approach and so it looks at different levels of, of you know, org- people in organisations and then the teams within those organisations and then the individuals within those teams. So um, I work though in like a sub-discipline of organisational psychology. So I work in um, mental health and stress and well-being in mm-hmm. the workplace. Um, yeah, so that's organisational psychology. <laughs> cool. And you, you mentioned in organisational psychology that it uses a systems 
based approach. Can you just expand a little bit more about what that is, just in case anybody's listening that doesn't know? Yeah, so I guess it's just being mindful of those different, um, the different levels and so, and people operating within those different levels. So it's looking at the system as a whole and how it functions um, together as an organisation, as opposed to just looking at the individuals within that organisation, if that makes sense. Yeah. So yeah. If, 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 if we were relating it back to nature, what we could see is that the overall earth itself is a system. And as we stu- study mm. different parts of that, we're getting an understanding of how the earth as a whole functions mm. by focusing on all the different parts. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So a really good analogy would be, you know, an organisation is essentially an ecosystem. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a really beautiful way to actually say it, that an organisation is an ecosystem, because I think that we forget that potentially organisations are living as well because they're made up of living beings. Mm. Yeah, definitely. So then what are the benefits of an evidence-based approach? Um. So an evidence-based approach, it just means that you're using research and you're using the scientific method um, to guide you in your practice. Um, so, so it involves, I guess, looking at the relevant literature um, to make sure that what you're doing is in line with best practice. So what we know is, is currently the best way to do things. Um, but it also means that you take that approach of continuous improvement. So evaluating what you're doing, redeveloping it, making sure that you're you know, continuously making it better. Mm. Mm. So then even if we're applying it into to business and moving away from a psychology context, mm-hmm. if we're talking about an evidence-based approach yeah. and applying it to the workplace, that's basically looking at, well, what has already been done? Exactly. How can we use that to inform what we're going to do? And how can we review and monitor and evaluate what we're doing in business to make sure that we're always improving it? Yeah, that's exactly right. And so that maximises the likelihood of getting benefits out of the programmes that you're running. Um you know, and make sure that it's a cost-effective implementation. Yeah, and I think that's really, really important. So you mentioned cost-effective implementation. I have a belief, and obviously at Earth Self, we have a belief that nature connection is a cost-effective solution in the workplace. Mm. What's your perspective on that? Absolutely, absolutely. I think incorporating nature into the workplace in many ways um, can improve employee health, well-being, performance, which ultimately improves... Um, you know, how much money the organisation's making and lifts their, their bottom line. So, yeah. yeah. And let's also bring it back into the context of looking at the earth itself and it does it in a way that's actually good for the planet as well because we're reconnecting people back to the very ecosystem that they're part of. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So nature connection improves um, pro-environmental attitudes. So, you know, you care about nature and connecting with nature, you care about the earth more, you bring that into organisations, organisations care about the earth more, we have more sustainable individuals, teams and organisations. Yeah, I couldn't have said it better myself, actually. (laughs) So you are developing the Nature Experience Questionnaire along with us at Earth Self. Yeah. So throwing this to you, can you explain what this is and what will be the benefits of using this questionnaire? Yeah, yeah, sure. So I'll try and explain it in the simplest way possible. Um, So the first sort of part of my PhD was to go through all of the literature in the field and make sure that what I'm doing hasn't been done before so that I'm contributing something new. Um, So a lot of the literature sort of talks about nature connection as a trait. So it's something that's set and so you either have more of it or less of it. Um, So from this perspective, you can see it as something that changes or moderates the relationship between being in nature, so nature contact and and getting the well-being benefits. Um, So in this case, if you go out into nature um, and you already have higher nature connection, you're going to get more out of your time in nature. So that's the trait perspective. So I wasn't happy with that. 
I wasn't satisfied with that. So I looked into it further um, and I found some evidence that you can actually boost nature connection by spending more time in nature. Um, so from this perspective, you can think about it like a state that can be improved. Um, so it's an important distinction because it then becomes something that explains the relationship between spending time in nature and getting well-being. Um, so rather than people already, you know, it means that you can increase nature connection and your well-being rather than people already higher in nature connection, simply getting more out of their time in nature if that makes sense. Mm. And it does. And I, I, I kind of just want to reflect on that because what you've done there is given a wonderful evidence-based approach to it. <laughs> yeah. and, 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 and just for a little bit of a backstory here, how Lee and I came to collaborate is that I'd been doing something similar in terms of developing a scale, not with as much articulation around the academic perspective of it, but really coming from a practice-based approach in going, this is what happens when I teach my clients these specific skills of how to connect to nature then they get more out of their connection with nature. So I've come from that practice-based approach mm. and Lee and I, you know, I've got the practice-based approach, Lee has got the evidence-based approach, which is why we've kind of come together in order to develop this because I think as Lee has really highlighted there, nature connection can be taught to people and the more people that understand how to interact with the natural environment, the better the benefits that they're going to get out of experiencing the natural world around them. Mm. So Tabby's already practicing the perspective that I'm coming from that is just emerging emerging in the literature. Um, and so what we found was that there's nothing that's sort of um, available in the literature at the moment to empirically measure um, this state version of nature connection. So that's where we're coming from in developing the scale mm. um, is so that we can actually accurately measure it. And then we can use that in nature-based program evaluation. We can use it in coaching. Um, we can, you know, it could even be used as green prescriptions, which um, you yeah. might want to explain that, Tabby. Well, green, green, green prescriptions, I suppose that, that that is for me. I mean, I'm always looking at what is the business opportunity mm. within anything that I do. How can I make money from it? Because coming from the perspective of having my own business, I need to make it sustainable. And where I've seen is that there's a growing trend for green prescriptions, that this nature connection is an emerging field that is gaining more and more interest. And doctors from a little bit of evidence that I kind of gathered are looking for how to do more effective green prescriptions and looking for ways to collaborate. So it's my hope that we will be able to uh, take the tool once it's validated. We have another partner um, who is uh, an expert in analytics and we'll be able to bring his analytics into the framework and actually create things that give recommended suggestions for if this is what people are scoring, then the best way for them to get the most out of nature is by doing X, Y and Z. So completely just an idea at this precise moment. And I know that Lee and I have got a long way to go because using an evidence-based approach, we are gathering the information to make sure that we can validate it, to get it peer-reviewed, to get it published, to then probably do about nine more studies or whatever else to, to <laughs> yeah. make sure that we've got a large enough sample. And then we have to turn it into, you know, a working business model along with our um, other partner. So yeah. it's, it's going to be an interesting journey. And I'll tell you what, Leah, once we've actually got it validated, we'll get you back on the show so that we can talk a little bit more about it once it's fully fleshed. Yeah, definitely. That sounds good. So the <coughs> second sort of study in my PhD, we're actually looking at using the measure um, as a before and after measure mm -hmm. um, for a workplace intervention that's nature-based. So should be able to, um, I should have some data on that by then as well and be able to sort of, yeah, talk through that. So 
ooh, that's going to be exciting. <laughs> so you're also planning to start your own business around Nature Connection. Can you tell us a little bit about your vision? Yeah, sure. Yep. So big plans. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't so. expect anything less for somebody who's coming <laughs> and um, collaborating with ourselves. Yeah. So, um, so my business will be called Working Nature. Um, so obviously my focus is mental health and well-being in the workplace from that nature connected perspective so that's where the business will be focused Um, so when we're talking about working nature uh, that name refers to working nature your working nature so who you are in the workplace um, but also working the system of nature to get the well-being benefits from it so tried to be a bit clever there Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) so I'll be offering well-being program development evaluation Um, that's my current sort of skill set and I'll also be obviously developing psychometric tools um, in partnership with EarthSelf Um, so tools like the NEQ and we'll be training people in those tools. I'll be offering nature connected um, coaching. So that could be team coaching, individual executive coaching um, and workshops and retreats. So those will um, be looking at psychoeducation around how do you, how do you incorporate nature into your work life um, and also exercises and, you know, mindfulness in nature exercises and reflections and that sort of thing. So, mm. yeah, so very exciting stuff. Yeah. And I, I think the thing that's really, really exciting, because as you're listening to this podcast, this is literally just an emerging collaboration that is developing. Mm. Another bit of a backstrop and a story. Leah and I have been building a relationship for, what is it, about the past year now? Yeah, about a year. Yeah, About a year where <laughs> I had published some articles on LinkedIn and Leah contacted me and says, wow, these articles are great. I want to come and do an internship with you for free. So me and my Scottish frugal nature is never going to turn down an opportunity to say no to something that's free. <laughs> um, and we've been building that relationship where you are, we've only got two weeks left. Yeah, now. two weeks to go. So yeah. Leah, Leah will already be back in Australia when you're listening to this podcast as it gets released. But right now, as we are recording it, um, Leah's got two weeks left in Scotland. And we've been spending a lot of time really looking at how can we take the principles of how nature works and fit them into how we work together for more effective collaboration so that we can be stronger together as emerging organizations which is 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 really cool yeah we'll be right back after this short nature break So how has a focus on nature connection impacted the way that you live your daily life? You talked a bit in the beginning about always being outside mm. in nature in childhood. How has that continued or changed or evolved? Yeah, it's definitely evolved. Obviously, I don't, you know, go river rapid riding anymore. <laughs> Not so often anyway. Um, but I do make it a priority to get outside every chance that I get. So I make time in the day. Um, to make sure that I do it. Um, if I'm feeling off or I'm frustrated, I'll, I'll go out and I'll take a walk. Um, and that's where I check in with myself. I think about what inspires me, what's my motivation. I get clarity on what's frustrating or worrying me. So, mm. yeah. Yeah, very, very, very simpler, sim- simple process there. I call that my version of a nature break because um, literally I do the same thing and it's great. So if there's anybody listening to this um, episode right at this precise moment and you're feeling tired, stressed and frustrated, the best thing that you can do at the end of this podcast is get outside and go for a walk. Agreed. Yeah. <laughs> so who do you most admire and why? 
Oh, that's a tough one. Um, so I think I'm going to answer this one in a bit of a roundabout way. <laughs> so I admire pretty much everyone I meet for different reasons. So if, I think if you look hard enough, there's something that you can learn and there's something to be valued from every person that you meet and every experience that you have. Um, so it'd be really hard for me to identify one person that I admire or that I value over mm. everyone else. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think everyone has value to add. Great. So then what then, if you're looking at people who inspire you, what are the, the, the common themes then? Let's go back mm. to a bit of a research perspective. What are the common themes that you notice in all of the people that you meet and what you admire? What is it about these people? Um, I guess it's a drive and a motivation, you know, people who are who are inspired and are doing something meaningful. Um, so I tend to get on very well with those people, have a lot in common with those people. Um, people who have achieved great things, but not at the cost of other people or at the cost of the planet. Those mm. are the sort of people that, that inspire me. Yeah. So we're really looking for people who are taking action, people who are doing something to actually help make this world a better place mm. and uh, are enthused and excited about it. That's Absolutely. kind of what I'm hearing yeah. is the, the key themes that are emerging there. Yeah. So then what is your me favourite memory of a time or place in nature and why? Um, so obviously there's a lot of childhood experiences that I could draw on, but um, I think I'll share something that's a bit more recent. So um, a few years ago now, maybe 10 years. <laughs> um, <laughs> a few 10. Not that recent after all. Um, but yeah, so I, I travelled around South America for about nine months. Um, and so I went to the north coast of Colombia and I did a hike out into the Amazon. Um, so it was a six-day hike, so three days there, three days back, um, to a place called La Ciudad Perdida. Um, Ooh, which is the Spanish. lost city. Yes, the lost city, yep. Um, and so it was really, really cool. So it was really hard work hiking out there, you know, living off root vegetables and, um, yeah, sleeping in hammocks and that sort of thing. But, yeah, it was, uh, it was amazing. And then when we got out to the city, it was pretty much just ruins, you know, there was not much left of it and it was overgrown by all these beautiful vines and it's just gorgeous. Um, and it just made me think about, you know, the transience of human civilizations and how we all eventually return to nature in the end. Mm. Um, so that was a real sort of moment for me. Um, not to mention I enjoyed the hike. Um, it was something challenging, physically challenging for me at the time. Um, yeah, so I got a lot out of it. Yeah, but what, what, what I really like is about the the insight that you had from this experience is that, you know, ultimately we all return to nature. Yeah. And for me, you know, I hear you say that and I sit and think, well, it's, it's, it's like where we are now in the history of humanity. We actually have a choice. Are we going to consciously return to nature and become part of the ecosystem and learn to live sustainably within the planet? Mm. Or do we actually get wiped out by nature and return to nature by a process of disintegration mm. and exactly. decomposition? Yeah, and I think that was the aha moment was, you know, the, at the rate that we're currently going, that's, you know we have no choice but to be wiped out and, you know, return to nature like this lost city. Um, but there are things that we can do, individuals, communities, organisations, mm. to move towards that more sustainable approach that, you know, means that we can coexist. 
Yeah. And that is exactly the purpose of this podcast, to actually showcase exactly what is happening. Because again, mm-hmm. we do have a trend that we're focusing on the needy, the, the negative and the worst case scenarios, when actually potentially there's a far more positive, mm. exciting future awaiting for us if we just wake up and see what's really happening in the world as we kind of like push back all the, the layers of the stories that we've been taught. Exactly. So then, what is the one thing that you want people to take away from our conversation today? Um, I guess mainly just that nature connection, it's not all tree-hugging, hippie, woo-woo. You know, there is actually 40 years of empirical research on the topic mm. um, to back up the benefits of, of getting out into nature and, and nature connection. It can easily be incorporated into businesses, into communities, Um to improve our well-being and the well-being of the planet. Yeah, and I, I and I love that because with with Leah's point of saying it can easily be integrated into the very fabric of our society. Basically, that is what Earth Self's all about, and that is what Leah is also about focusing specifically on in the workplace. So it's it's going to be an exciting journey, um, and I know for me, I'm going to look forward to looking back on this podcast maybe three, four, five years from now, and being able to say this was kind of like the start of something emerging, and mm. look at look at the collaboration we've got, and look at where we are now, and also look at the impact that's happening within the world as a result, as more and more people realise that nature mm. connection is a really, really powerful tool to help create a more sustainable world. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think the potential of how many people we can get on board with this and where this can actually go. um, Yeah, there's no limit to it, really. Wonderful. Thank you so much for (laughs) joining me today, Leah. Thanks, Tabby. Next time on Sustainable, I am bringing you the first of our new seasonal podcasts to help you start bringing the ancient European seasonal cycles into your personal and professional life. If you want to bring more nature into your life and your organisation, find out more about how EarthSelf's nature-connected coaching, consulting and training can help you and your organisation achieve optimal well-being and performance at www.earthself.org.